This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite, hosted by superfan and actual know-it-all Kyle Armstrong on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bite Podcast. This is episode number 21. I'm Kyle Armstrong, and today we're joined in studio by a very special guest, David and Ashley Strimmy of Lethal Chassis. David, he actually picked up a win at Bristol Friday night in his uh, in his and is modified, so I thought it was a perfect timing to get him on the show. Uh, we, we'd been kind of talking about, man, I want to get you on here one day, and he's uh, so busy all the time, and uh, he's taking time out of his busy day today to come by. So, David, I appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, what's going on, man? Thank you. Uh, well, we won Friday, stuck around through <laughs> the weather and yeah. BS on uh, race Sunday. and Against his will. Against my will, I was ready to load up and go home just because. Yeah, but you can't. You couldn't have got out of the infield. No, we could have because I had my oh, small hauler. Outside. That's right. Yeah. So, um, and really, it comes down to so people. As we get into the show, you'll understand we're moving. So there's just so much going on. I'm so busy. And uh, anyways, we ended up went in. So then we run Sunday. Well, when you look at just facts of dirt racing. Okay, I've been at Bristol, so it's like it, it was cool to win at Bristol, no doubt. But it's I've run thousands of laps there. So Saturday weather forecast was not good. So you're either going to run into heavy, just hammer down hard on equipment, or you're going to be day racing Sunday, which we all know day racing isn't fun either. So that's why I was like, it's just not I'm not into it. So I'm not points racing or doing stuff, but. So anyways, we got caught up in a wreck. Nobody's, it's just a racing deal. But now my car got tore up. Um, we had to go and um, we got back last night, unloaded it. Fortunately, it's just sheet metal, some suspension damage. We we just got it off the jig, checked everything. Everything's fine. So it's just a lot of work. And he's I mean, extremely upset at the person who convinced him to stay. That, was, yeah, that my, would have been you. My rock right? told me, oh, you need to stay in this. And I'm like, I was... Anyway, so well, I sort of look at like Chris Ferguson, you know, he uh, and we're not jumping off topic, but you know, he won that race yeah. there last uh, month, and then the this Dirt time Nationals. he won on the Friday night deal 10,000 to win. Well, this time he didn't bring a race car, they had him driving the pace car, yeah. So I think it was sort of like uh, you know, he he went in the casino and cashed his chips yep. out, and he's not coming back, that's, and that's kind of what you're saying, yes. And, like. and when you look at I'm not doing this, I mean, we build cars, I guess, for a living, we're not, you know. Um, no, we definitely build cars we, we, for a living. Yeah, we build cars for a living. We're just not like, you know, I got to be smart about what we're doing and our time right now is so valuable. So that's the thing that um, I was just very frustrated about that side of it. So anyway, so we, we've been working. We worked till I think 1230 last night, got up at six this morning and back at it. Plus we got customer stuff going on. So um, we're going to be moving this week. Uh, our plan is to move the fab shop, everything there, um, to Pennsylvania, um, just right by Port Royal Speedway. And then, uh, next week we'll kind of finish the move. I'm hoping, or, or by the end of the month, we'll be fully moved to Pennsylvania. Wow. That's amazing. So, uh, so what, what all is going to go into that? I mean, are you taking some of your uh, guys that are helping you? Are they going to go up and, uh, and move up there or relocate or, or are you trying to find new help? Well, this is so for people that that don't know again they we've been really it's been a two-year process and it has nothing to do with uh racing it just has to do with um family and and just things have changed in the charlotte area it's just it's just different around here probably outgrown me it's too big and um uh with the bonus of dirt racing in pennsylvania and where it's at i mean um port royal's obviously putting themselves on the map i think they're probably I'd argue they're in the top three for the the best track on the East Coast. I agree. Um, but when you look at everything else, our business, we're able to move it. I have uh, Kevin. He's been with me for a long time. He's going to go. And we still have two guys because most of the guys that work for me are kind of contract labor. Um, two of them are still going to do work. We're still going to have some stuff manufactured here in North Carolina. And then uh, Brody, who is he's been with us for what, three, four years, yeah. probably four years now. We're going to miss him. He's going to end up moving. He's with, um, uh, he's Kenny Wallace's son-in-law. So right. they're going to eventually move St. Louis, same deal kind of family. So it's been a big, just making sure everything's lined up and 
just very difficult, but it's working and um, it's coming to an end here pretty it's close. It's process, you know, we have to find the building, then we have to bring those buildings up to par and get them the way we want them and, and really build the buildings, you know, before we could even actually move, start to think about moving things. So it's been, it's been a project and it's been a process. Yeah, I bet it has. I mean, it's, uh, well, so you, you kind of talked about Charlotte's not really what it used to be. Can you expand on that? What does that, what do you really mean by that? Because well, I've heard you say that before. I've come here in 98 or 99 was the first time I come here. You're Robert Hampton's. out on it. Well, uh, it, it used to be, so for one, Mooresville um, used to be where you could basically you leave keys in your truck, you go in places, um, the whole town, it was just, it was a, it was a fun place. And you could drive to Concord within 20 minutes. You could go to Charlotte. And it's obviously grown. It's gotten popular. And there's a lot of businesses move here. A lot of people moved here. And don't get me wrong, it's still a, a very nice area. It's just way too big for me. Now the infrastructure isn't fitting the amount of people here. Um, there's a crime rates up, you know, when you get population up. There's just a lot of things. But then we'll move into the motorsport side of things. And when you look at racing, you know, Indianapolis has grown quite a bit. Um, you see a lot of other businesses uh, grown in other parts of the country. You don't have to be in an area with shipping and social media and everything. Now you could you could be in really Alaska if you wanted to. Yeah. But the thing here, it's just changed a lot, and um, a lot of it is with NASCAR. They've changed a lot. Like I think you'll see this fall we, with this new car. Um, they're saying around 5,000 people is what I was told is who's going to lose their jobs. And, and they're, they're still saying that now, you know, they're telling people, Hey, look, we're, we're going to be letting people go. So, uh, and, and when a racer thinks, Oh, well, you'll get them to work on your car. No, they're, that's a different kind of, they're used to just doing one thing, you know, in our shop, we, you might be bending tin and then a bolting suspension on, or, you know, there's just multiple things, packaging stuff to ship. So... It's just everything's changed, and short track racing, yeah, it's it's cool here in the Carolinas, but it, I'll be honest, it's nothing like the Midwest, you know, where that summer hell tour is going on, and you could go race, and I mean, them guys can race like three months like crazy, you know, so. And the beauty of what we do, we're able to ship cars all over the country. Uh, we have customers from New York to Florida to California, and just about every state in between, so Everyone thinks, oh, you have to be, if to be in racing, you have to be in the Charlotte area. It's not true. So we're fortunate yeah. enough to be able to, to kind of move our business wherever we want. Right. And there's, yeah. there's a lot of different suppliers all over, all the different suppliers are from all over the, yeah. all over the country that you can get parts from, you know, like with, I work for SRI. I mean, I'm sure you'll still buy stuff oh, from yeah. us and we'll ship it to you and you know, it works. Uh, UPS I was say, comes. Uh, SRI's got, you know, they, they branched out. They went to Indianapolis. They got an Indianapolis store. I mean, We'll still get fasteners, all kinds of stuff, you know, uh, materials, uh, 100% of our stuff comes from stock car or SRI. Um, so it's nothing to ship anymore. And really, I look at when, when you look at a business structure and like rocket racing is very successful and they're in Shinston, West Virginia, right. you know, and right. I mean, they ship stuff all over the world. And um, what I've seen when you move and we're seeing this with resumes coming in and People go, oh man, that's a race shop. I can work there. We're here. It's just, uh, it's just People like burnout. Yeah, it's, it's just like a normal job to them. And I want somebody that feels like when we have customers win, when a Shane Sabrasky wins in Minnesota, or or a Casey Skyberg wins in South Dakota, or whatever, they're part of their program, and um, that's that's what we're kind of wanting to build up with. Well, how many how many uh, drivers or cars do you have as part of your program, and maybe how many you know do you try to build on a each year basis? Well, we're we say we're at thirty, but with no, I look at her, used to say I, I still say we're at thirty. <laughs> but problem is, I'll build myself a car, or um, we're we're a little above that right now. But it's because we're moving, so we're sending cars. Like last week, we had two cars go out. We're supposed to be done beginning of June, so. Um, I mean, we're ahead of schedule, but we've been working 15 hour days, seven days a week, but I am going to go racing here pretty soon. And, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to still build, but we won't release cars. We will hold them in house. And the reason we do that, so we can be more one-on-one -on -one with our customers. That's after our first year, that's been our motto. We've stayed with that. That's probably why a lot of customers stay with us, but, um, we just pulled 
car 187 off the jig uh, today. And, um, you know, I think we've killed probably two of them went to the graveyard. So, I mean, it's a lot of cars out there that we keep seeing our part supply. We have to increase and um, keep going. But uh, we've had model changes, some different stuff. And um, we still had, I think, this Aaron Johnson. He's out of Minnesota. He's won the championship, IMCA state championship two years in a row. Uh, run second at Dirt Nationals in an event. Um, that car's got 340 nights on it. So that's a lot for a dirt car and, and still be competitive. So it says a lot about our brand, I feel. Yeah, no doubt. And, and it's not only that you just build IMCA or UMP cars, but IMCA too. Like I got to go out to uh, Boone Super Nationals last yep. year, and I'm sure you've been to that, and that was a cool yeah. event. Actually, uh, Ricky Thornton Jr. Yep. won in your car, Yeah, I thought that was neat. So we 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 had him in a car. We had a... Uh, uh, Todd shoot he run like fifth I think or something I think we had like three cars out there but we we, we send Wasota cars USMTS USRA don't matter they're you know we kind of have them all over and that helped through this whole pandemic because really we never stopped all our customers a lot of them were still racing some weren't but um and we were already booked you right. know through the pandemic at that point before it even started yeah. so we were very blessed that you know we already had cars on on order that needed to be put together anyhow yeah, so it's just been, we're just busy, and that's what people, our advertising is cars in Victory Lane. I agree, yeah. And you put yours in Victory Lane Friday. Uh, you know, yep. I meant to touch on that before we get too far into the show. Uh, so you won that race up there on, on Friday at Bristol, and like you said, yep. you've ran a lot of races at Bristol, but how special was it to put your car, your pride and joy there in Victory Lane with, uh, you know, <laughs> and actually you were the class of the field. You were checked out. Yeah, we were pretty good. Um I got a, like I said, I got a few laps around there. And yeah. Not just there, Winchester, Salem. Now I've won at all three, uh, really high bank tracks. I got second at I seventy, so um, it was it was really cool. But um, it it was very neat. It was probably more rewarding with um, you know just we haven't had a lot of time to spend on the car, um, so we just started working on it Wednesday. Brody and Kevin started getting it together, and um, I didn't feel like we were prepared a hundred percent and. And the car was it was it was good right off the truck, and I think a lot of that just come with our experience there and and what we knew we need to have. You know, there was a lot of people had part failures. Um, luckily, none of our customers did. They were everything was very solid. And uh, Ryan Ayers, like he had a great run, run third and fourth both nights. Um, so I mean, it, it, we not just us, but a lot of our customers run well there. How many cars did you have at that race? Just that race? I don't even. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. no. I don't. I, I, nine. She's keeping yeah. up with it better than. I'm telling you, so, it's hard. She I does know. good at that. Like speed weeks, we had. What do we have? Thirty two. Thirty two. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to one of your interviews, and I remember you saying that, and I just that blew my mind that you've got that many cars, and there's no way you're building that many, you know, each year. But that just tells the longevity of yeah. these people can buy this chassis, and it's uh, it's still good. Yeah, we had trying to think of the oldest car we had there um it's probably two, probably two years old it was there at bristol this weekend and i mean i like we had car number two race in Belusha for a long time with this jason yeah. bullio we take care of his stuff and um but we just keep it's a fun deal we really enjoy it that's why you know, after I wrecked, I wasn't having fun <laughs> the fun meter was pegged i was none <laughs> yeah. of us like sitting around in rain and everything else but it, it just it is what it is but with it paying five thousand to win that was probably one of the bigger uh, oh. ump modified races well the the world racing group did a great job or dirt car did a great job at to pay off and i mean just everything was phenomenal the weekend um even with smi and bristol what they had done the, the purse was it was for short track racing was uh, i mean you probably won't hear too many people say this it's probably too much to tell you the truth for for our cars i felt like Five thousand should have been for, you know, the 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 Saturday show and Sunday should or excuse me Monday should have been like, you know, twenty five hundred three grand. So, <laughs> but it's Bristol. But Bristol, it is baby. Bristol. So, yeah. it, it it was, but it, it it was really cool what they did. Well, we're going to take a quick break here on the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, and we'll come back on the other side and spend some more time talking to David and Ashley Strimmy. Welcome back to Forward Bite on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. This is Kyle Armstrong, and I'm here today with David and Ashley Strimmy. And, uh, David, we just got done talking about you winning at Bristol. And uh, just how badass is that sword that they gave you as a trophy? Well, they, we pulled it out of their, I don't know, the case like or whatever. Sheath, yeah. 
And uh, what, what's the correct term? Like a sheath, sheath. I guess. Uh, and um, I handed it to my wife. Well, I kissed it because I was like, this thing's really cool. And I'm like, whoa, this is sharp. And I told her, watch. And uh, I've thought about taking, you know, we've seen a video. Ashley said we need to do something like Logano was trimming brush and doing all kinds of crazy stuff with it after he won. And I was like, man, I should take that thing and jam it right through my nose piece that's tore up now, you know? Yeah. It's it's real. It's a crazy piece. I think it needs to be the first thing you hang on the uh, on the shop wall when you get to Pennsylvania. Oh, we got stuff already. <laughs> it's been, <laughs> that, it, it, it's an ongoing project up there right now, so. so. So you talk about that being an ongoing project. So I guess you've been up there, you know, time and time again, I guess, moving stuff as you go. I guess, uh, I guess, how's that uh, been going? I mean, you say you're moving, but like. Yeah, I understand it's, it's kind of a... Well, we know. took the car, um, my IMCA car is up there because we were... I can run it some more places up there mm-hmm. in New York. Um, and then uh, we've been taking what equipment we can, but it was mainly trying to get the, the main shop done because now my cars will be separate from uh, the main building where if you walk in our shop now, everything's together. So it's kind of a, a pain at times. But um, it's just without her dad her dad's been able to help a lot with some people and equipment and everything else and we go up there and work and i think uh last two weekends ago her, uh, ashley and i were with her dad and mom we were laying gutters or no we were laying drainage pipe, pipe drainage pipe and stuff but um we've had a lot of people help out it's it's been really crazy at uh just the work and the the just our whole life this last year has been really different from what people think it you, you that it would be just to give a little insight on that we moved our house we sold it back in june so we moved our entire house already so it's been up in pennsylvania for a while yeah and we've been living in a fifth wheel camper since june 20th of yep. 2020 so. so so we're really trailer you're really, trash you're really you know? yeah. yeah all our homes are mobile whether yeah. it's yeah. the race hauler or our technical house but um yes it's and been an interesting lifestyle i've seen your fifth but, wheel camper out yes. there i didn't know who's that that's was. it so if so. You look to yeah. the left and to the right of that is my walk-in closet, which is also a trailer. It's <laughs> yeah. probably the second thing my husband's done right in his life. First thing was marrying me, of course, and then second is this walk-in closet, yeah. literally. Um, we stayed at the dirt track at Charlotte for like... We did for a couple, yeah, that's almost perfect. A couple, two months? Two, two and a half two months. Year? They've got electricity, nice hookups. <laughs> yeah, nice it was, it was, I had lunch over there today. I pulled in there and just yeah. found, found, found me a picnic table and <laughs> yeah. had lunch. Heck with it. It's a, <laughs> it's, so we went out in the summer and we raced for two weeks. So we stayed and towed her home and just, it's been yeah. very challenging. But our, our life is so busy that I would say we haven't had time to really, you know, uh, realize kind of what's going on. Our main focus is is getting the building and everything done and not hurting the business. And a lot of customers don't even know there's anything going on. So we we work hard at that. And it's just uh, it, it it's funny because my competitors think we just all we do is work on my cars or we just kind of get to mess around. And it's like they have no idea. But it's I have an idea. It, I came in there. I come in there and yeah, you're wide open all the time. But. It's going to get real yeah. here pretty soon because I'm going testing and we're going to get better. I'm not happy uh, with our performances and some of the stuff going on. So, And it's just a time thing. So um, we've been working hard, and a lot of our people that we have working with us and partners are big uh, input in this, and we just got to get digging here, and it'll come. So Yeah, no doubt. If anybody thinks you're just playing on Facebook uh, throughout the day or something like <laughs> that, they're wrong because yeah. you're wide open. I mean, it's... Uh, and and it, both of y'all are. I mean, I've never seen somebody yeah. work so hard as y'all do, for sure. Well, it's just part of what's going on, but we're going to we're gonna have some enjoyment here at some point. You know, it's going to be... What I look at, it's cool, like, where we're going, because um, Pennsylvania racers and fans are a lot like your... I consider it like Midwest fans, too, like meaning Wisconsin. They're just diehard. They like, are, yeah. It's crazy. They're racing, like into february at lincoln and i'm like what is it? y'all just plowed snow to go run a sprint car they, race like there's no way i ain't doing it but they love it so yeah they do man that place was packed that day they had that race too yeah and it's 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 uh for us we can go to i like going to like fairbury and um like illinois indiana tracks and ohio so it's it's made it a lot easier but we're still going to come south charlotte race and some of the other stuff but it's just Man, it gets so hot in the South. Like, Rudiman and I were talking this weekend. He's from Florida, and I said, 
man, if I lived in Florida, I wouldn't race from like June to August or even maybe even a little earlier. It's just too hot and humid, you know? Yeah, it's it's getting hot now here, isn't it? It is that. It is that. See, you kind of mentioned real estate, and I'm just kind of jumping around here, but as thoughts come to my mind, but, you know, going to Port Royal here, and all those houses are right there on the back stretch. Yeah. So have you ever thought about maybe moving and, like, having one of those places? Because I've always well, looked at that. Like, that, you're going to laugh. That, to me, I was like, <laughs> man, that's so cool. If you uh, if you go up the main grandstand road, what is that road? Uh, 8th, Six, Street. 8th Street. 8th Street. You drive straight up. We got five acres right there next to the track. With a and house on it. With a house on oh, it. Perfect. So you can you see ask, it from the top row. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you uh, if you ask Stuart Friesen's boy, it's a haunted house. He put some pumpkins out there and stuff. <laughs> he did. But um, we were gonna build the shop right there, and I was like, I was more excited not about it being next to the racetrack, but because of Fair Week. I'm like. Their fair there is awesome. Like it's, I'm in the fair food, and you know what else you can do? You can charge people to park in your in your lawn. Well, we're gonna be doing some stuff like that. We got <laughs> yeah. Well, her dad, as we were cleaning up, we had a bonfire. It was Lucas Oil weekend. Uh-huh. You ask ask Ferguson. He was up there. This thing was. It, it, I thought he was gonna burn the town down. I mean, it was unreal the fire, but we have a lot of good times, and it's it's. But we actually tailgate up there yeah. now on the weekends when we're home because it's a perfect view of the back stretch. There's one tree that kind of gets in the way, yeah. and the new grandstands they just put up um, kind of block turn four there, but beautiful view yeah. of the back stretch. It's so what's different. Into four. I know you like traveling around, but yeah. so like we went up there a local race, all right? They said 410 sprint cars, late models. I think that was it there that night, limited lates. Then there's literally like 30 campers, people camping all weekend. I'm like, isn't that cool to go to a lo- oh. regular show and people are camping? Oh, it's nuts, but yeah, but. Port Royal. But that's what our industry, that's what our sport was built on. Yeah, that's yeah. what it needs. That's what yeah. that grassroots is all about. And I feel like as our generations continue, that's kind of going by the wayside. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, I'm going to have to invite myself to come up there and <laughs> oh, uh, you hang out with y'all when we go. Because well, I plan on, I've never been to Port Royal, but uh, but yeah, I'm definitely, uh, definitely I got it on the radar. Your buddy Ferguson, he run good there. And, yeah. and I think. Uh, yeah, he did. What is that race paying this year? Twenty five thousand. I think it's, it's in August. Twenty or twenty five thousand to win. Yeah, we were. They were mods that weekend. Um, we were leading. Broke a rocker arm, and Ryan Ayers won. Ryan Ayers had a brand new car, and he won. So, um, I'm sure they'll be back up. They liked it up there, and uh, there's a lot of little areas that are really cool up there that we definitely want to show people. And it's cool to see how much the industry up there is embracing modifieds because modifieds aren't big. And well, they once you get to the northeast, you get the big block modifieds, right. but our style modifieds are not huge in that area. And it's cool to see them really embracing us and seeing guys reach out to us going, Hey, we know you're moving. How's this going to change the industry? How's this going to help modifieds grow? So, super excited for that. And guys, racers actually reaching out to us that run the limited late model class interested in, in getting into the modified world. Well, that was kind of another point that I wanted to bring up too. Uh, so since you're, since you're moving up there, well, first, first part of the question is, do you have, is it a bigger shop? Like you got more square foot room to grow? Oh yeah. And I guess another part of the question, or the main part is, do you see yourself building like big block style modifieds or late no. models at some point? <laughs> are you busy enough? Yeah, we're busy enough. I get, I tell people, uh, that they, they've wanted us, three people come to us very seriously, wanting us to build late models. And I said, that check better have like six numbers on it. It better have <laughs> yeah. a lot. Um, I just don't, I want to do this for fun. So but I did get uh, a guy asked me if I could, he, he can get me a ride doing some big block stuff, and I'd like to try it. But what's cool where our shop is, so it's five acres fenced in. We got uh, nine buildings, so we got a couple renters there. Dang, that's like uh, that's like petty enterprises. It's it is pretty neat. It's a, <laughs> I, I wanted it to feel like a because here in Mooresville, when we have customers come, we're out at the drag strip at the industrial park there, and they come in, and here's a Xfinity team or like Wood Brothers is across from us, so they get in the awe factor of just the NASCAR stuff, and and it, and again, you know, it's not like it used to be around here. But what we wanted is, is when they come in, they go, whoa, this is a very professional place. So, um, which we have teams, I think already Clanton and a couple other guys said, hey, you know, when they're, they they're running there. Yeah. Yeah. Like this weekend, they're running Lucas Oil's at uh, Port Royal Hagerst- and then they go to Hagerstown. Yeah. So they want to come over, wash, whatever. So we have areas, we got sprint car guys, everybody that wants to, you know, gives them a little, little shop. And actually we have more people showing interest, wanting to come by and use a shop than we did when we were here. So it's just a lot of racing up there, and we've we've built it as we've been going, and, and then thoughts. 
where people will be coming in and, and using the place. Because everybody here has a shop. And so yeah. and another thing that I kind of wanted to bring up, uh, you know, Nick Hoffman, Elite Chassis, your Lethal Chassis, and then, you know, Longhorns right up the road here, Lowen yeah. Bro and Steve Arpin and all that. But, man, it's like, to me, it's so neat that really the three premier modified chassis in the country are right here in Morrisville. Yeah. Well, when you look at... And not that it, and, not and, like you said, not that it really matters where you're at on the map, but to me, no. that's kind of a pride thing. Well, there's others that are very... You got Rage and yeah. Mars, and I mean, there's a lot of them. It, it just worked out to where I think you have a lot of... Definitely a lot of smart people came here to more, Mooresville, Charlotte area. But um, the Modifieds, a lot of us, like with, with Kyle Strickler and Hoffman and Taylor Cook and Ryan Ayers, a bunch of them, you look at any of us can go... And I don't know if I probably leave a couple out. Austin Holcomb stepped up his game. A lot of different guys. We can go leave, and when you look at who's running up front, you're like, it's all guys from Mooresville because we each push each other to be harder and harder, you know. That's kind of that was my point. Of, yeah. yeah, and it's still going to be that way, you know. Yeah. But I don't mind like Rudiman's here. Rudiman's he, he builds a nice car, but I don't mind leaving the area because that is the thing. There's too much. Like people are like, oh yeah, hey, well Lethal's doing this or Lethal. I don't. I can kind of go where I need to be. But what we've seen over the last couple of years is you got to be out in the field racing. It's not where you're at, your shop's at. And like I said, with Correct. Rocket, yeah. Rocket has a very good customer base. Mark's got his own team. That's the same way with us. Like you'll see me, we'll, we'll be out IMCA racing. We'll be, I got customers. I'm, I want to go up and run their Wasota cars. We go generally UMP racing. But that is what makes your company better is when you're out in the field running and, and, having that relationship with customers so that's what we really work on and i feel that um i'm hoping too when we move we got some really good people showing interest and wanting to come work for us but we can keep a lot of our um technology inside our our building instead of like here it kind of it's nothing it floats around a little too much i'd say well, I think the answer is sitting right here in the room with us, but I was wanting to ask you, you know, you came from asphalt racing all your years. You ran NASCAR, obviously. Yep. It's no no joke. I mean, you were you were right there. You were big time. Coors Light. You still got to deal with Coors Light, by the way. No, I, I, we need to work. To, <laughs> work on she's the, always like, we need to reach out to yeah. him. And we, and we do uh, real quick for a break, but we... You know, dirt racing is very... I, I wanted to kind of ask you how you got into dirt racing. I know, I know she well, was Well, we'll get the, that on the next yeah. segment. Okay. But <laughs> the, the thing with dirt racing is there's a lot with, um, with, with the popularity right now and in digital media and all this other stuff to where, I mean, we might reach out to cores, but for 14 years I had to answer somebody. And like right now, if I wanted to load up the other day other than answering to her... I would have loaded up and left because of weather and everything else. I, I just I want to do stuff on my time right now. But I think there is uh, some grassroots stuff that that companies can really look at and and really capitalize on. Where I just feel like NASCAR's dis disconnected themselves. They're trying to reconnect connect themselves with short track people, but I I don't see it. You know, I think yeah. they're just the the, the higher ups. Look, they want to go race. Don't go hang out Chili Bowl. Okay, Chili Bowl's kind of turned commercial to me. You come and hang out with a week. Let's go run four nights of Hell Tour, and I'll show you some stuff. That's exactly you know? right. I agree. I mean, take them down here to Cherokee on a regular night, you know, and and you'll see some stuff. So, I mean, that's that's kind of what I think of of some of the corporate sponsors, and they do have benefits uh, with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this this you know, it's sort of like this podcast. It's sort of going on. Uh, going on uh you know nascar is kind of helping us with it and uh you know speed sports pushing it so it's like you're saying they're kind of trying to get into this grassroots thing and it's neat to see mm-hmm. especially that they picked me to do it because i've never yeah I'm they're gonna push hard guy. though but they can't push too hard because they'll yeah. push away and, yeah. and i've seen that I, I remember i got scolded when i went to elko minnesota it was me yaley and boyer and we go to elko minnesota run a short track race and we get scolded to go run a race they say oh no you make your money on sundays now all of a sudden they want you to go short track exactly. racing. Exactly. Yeah, that's so. that's a whole different gear change that we uh, or direction change yeah. that we're seeing now, and uh, we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. We're going to take another quick break, and uh, we'll come back and talk more with David and Ashley Strimmy. This is the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast. We're still here with David and Ashley Strimmy. David, we were kind of asking you how you got started in dirt racing before the break there. Can you uh, expand on that a little bit? Well, there was two two things that went on big in my life that I guess would say is dirt racing. Is one, um, in 2008, I went to Macon, Illinois, did a charity race for Kenny, 
uh, and Rusty Wallace, they had this, I don't know, it was like NASCAR night. So we go there and raced, and um, it was a blast. I think I started last and run like third or fourth. There's a bunch of us. Leffler was there and Boyer. I mean, there was like 15 of us. So I did that and then was busy, and, and then I met Ashley, and her dad runs sprint cars. And I was it was at a point in my life I was burned out on asphalt racing, um, and I had three, four supers super late miles at the time we'd go to like i took her to snowball derby and she's like why are we spending all this money and what is you're here all the whole time and for one race. so um yeah for one race and then yeah I agree. as um we got dirt racing and it just it, it was fun it was like a golf game and then it turned into i want to get better and it was just the new and the the fun again you know like i, I love asphalt racing i went in 13 we um uh, I went Robert Hamke. I had my own car. He was, he had actually Daniel Hamrick and his, and we went and we were getting ready for a cars race or pass race or something, and they practiced day four. We practiced, and we were really fast, and I loaded up and left, and Robert's like, what are you leaving for? I said, because I, I don't want to be here again all day. It's just too much. So I love the dirt racing, and Ashley has a big part of that where her background of, of dirt. and um, But it's funny because we'll get doing some stuff, and I'm like, you don't know who I, I don't know we were talking about some different drivers but then she'll fill me in like booper bear oh yeah guy up in uh west virginia west virginia and maryland all that area up through there so it's cool we get to enjoy something together and really found a passion because i was I, i'll be honest i was burned out on racing um 2013 we had from uh, 11 to 13 own part of a cup team trying to really work hard and that's the other thing in this industry we just got I just got backstabbed, and, and it, it's just you don't have true friends, I should say, <clears throat> of of who you think are your friends or not in the NASCAR world. So um, I was just burned out, and and I started doing some more dirt racing, and I just enjoyed it. I mean, it was like, man, this is fun. We can drink beer afterwards, and you can hang out, and, like, you don't have to be practicing all day. And it was just fun, So we and I still enjoy it. I mean, I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. You talked about 2008 at Macon was kind of when it, was that was that your first taste first of dirt ever. racing that yeah. you never really had paid any attention to uh, it before Randall that? Chupp helped me put tear-offs on, and luckily I didn't, like, have to take anything off. I, I, I still don't do tear-offs to this day. If I do, i got to really concentrate, um, and they generally maybe not all stay on because I've put them on backwards and all this out. stuff, so... My wife does a very good job at my tear off signals, Perfect. pill draws. Like Perfect. she, she's she does all the pill draws. So, but so, you have to understand that when David first started the actual venture of dirt racing, um, we knew it was going to be a good night if he spun out before the feature. Like typically, if he spun out, we were winning that night. If we didn't, it was like you might as well load up after the yeah. heat races because yeah. we were. Oh, terrible. they'd laugh at me all the time. <laughs> and and I, I still, you know, what happened. So like how we got building cars, um, we ended up, I, I had a car from Jeff Taylor. He's from Arkansas. And oh, yeah. I bought five. it. Yeah. And, and I mean, we were just messing around and we didn't know nothing. We'd, we'd like, we'd be sweeping out the trailer because I had a hauler just for dirt stuff. She's like, oh, quit acting like asphalt people, you know. But we'd just check the air pressure and go run, wash the car off. And as we got running, I was up at Eldora in, in 2013, and I'm like, man, I got to get a better car. and uh, A newer car. <laughs> a, n- a newer car and a better car. So I, I thought what I had wasn't very good at the time, which it was, I think, back in – Jeff didn't run UMP stuff. I was running UMP. He ran IMCA. So anyways, I bought a car from a guy, and what ended up happening is it just snowballed. We got it three months late. Uh, it ended up – um, I couldn't get parts, couldn't get help. Well, I was all, I've always been hands-on. So we had a lot of equipment from our cup team. Um, and I had, I had told this gentleman, I said, hey, I'm going to buy a center and tail. I went to actually Longhorn. I knew Labonis. And I said, hey, here's what I want to do. I just want to buy a center and tail, change this up. We had an agreement. I didn't want nothing to do late models. I, they didn't want nothing to do with mods. And uh, we'll build a couple of cars. So I built one for me and one for Strickler and um, I'm trying to think who the other one was. Derek Ramey. Derek Ramey. Patrick Lyon had one there for a Patrick month. had one after we started, actually, yeah. saying we are going to sell them. But Derek Ramey was one. Next, Which Kyle wins in a lot of stuff. He won right away. But it was cool. Well, I went didn't. to... 
he, you actually got your car together, and he was still racing and wouldn't put his yeah. car together. And yeah. then when you won, he decided to put his no, together, and then he was like, "Whoa!" He still won before us. He, we got our car done. But anyways, uh, trying to speed up the the story, but <laughs> You're um, good. what ended up happening? We 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 like I won a race, set the track record, blah blah, and it was a lot of what we took was uh, what what I learned on asphalt and put it in this car. And we got like 16, when we turned it into a business, we got like 16, 17 center and tails from Longhorn. And then they had change of management and they thought they were going to build a mod. And, and some of it was the consistency of the car. I was just very picky at our cars. And so we just started building the whole thing. And, um, and, and that's where it kind of went. And we've seen where we feel our brand. It's like Mark Richards when you talk to him. And I love getting to talk to Mark. And I point this out all the time. Rocket race car started, he was buying Bullet and Howl cars, and they couldn't feed his demand, so he just said, heck with it. And and some of it was his own ideas. And that's what everybody, like Ed Howe, to me, is the innovator of the actual fabricated race car, him and uh, Larry Shaw and some of them guys. So, But anyways, um, so we start building cars, and we put a limit on it, and we've been able to build it every year. And we've had some really great drivers in our cars, and um, built great relationships with people, and I mean, our customers are—we we couldn't do it without them. Our customers are family. Um, yeah. I think that's one thing that we, when we started this deal, we wanted them to feel like they were a part of something, and we wanted to be a part of their program too. Um, so our customers are our family. Um, you know, I am the mother hen when we're at a racetrack and something goes wrong with one of our customers. Like, you better believe I'm down at official going, what, what's going yeah. on? This guy's our guy yeah. too. You know, so their, their success is just as important because they're what create our success. Yeah. There's, I get more excited over customers winning than, mm-hmm. than I do. Um, just because there's, there's more enjoyment, especially guys that haven't really, you know, won a lot and we get to we get to help them, but uh, turn people's programs around. Yeah, and and that's where so the whole program started because I couldn't get service and couldn't get help, and that's what we really base our ours on. So as we've gone on, and and that's where everybody starts somewhere, and and it's not like we come up with this big magical piece, but our process I feel is set, is there's nobody else that that does it like us. We use all like take for instance we all Plymouth Pro Molly is what we use. I'm very very particular on the type of tubing we're using brands that's what my car just we just wrecked hard at bristol things sat in a jig everything's fine i mean we've had guys flip them over put them in a jig they're fine you know so a lot has to do with our partners we we don't um whore ourselves out to one brand we we make sure that hey we use like weir's sweet manufacturing we use top-notch stuff i'm not gonna just use this brand because we can make more money on it. I mean, I've told some guys, they can pack sand. I don't care. <laughs> you know, they've been wanting us to use their product. And I'm like, I don't care how much free stuff you give me. I want the best stuff on the market. So we um, we feel like that's where we're different than a lot of others. That speaks volumes to me. Ashley, you, you, you had a thought? Oh, yeah. I was just, when we were talking about our customers, I was just going to mention Chris Morris. Um, yeah. Really cool story. Uh, Chris came to us. He's a paraplegic. Um, so he needed a different structured race car, something that he would be able to easily get in and out of. And I think, I think that's one of the coolest builds that we've done just for the sheer fact that a, he trusted us and then B for a kid who never won a race in a modified, he won six or seven races that year in our car the very first time he got it. So, you know, that's what we pride ourselves in is just seeing those guys grow and flourish. Yeah. When people look at. Mark Richards and I were talking about this weekend. It's you take a guy that's there's that their program's not very good or they're kind of okay, and then you elevate them. And and nothing against like Thornton or, or Strickler or anything else. They win in anything. But what I feel separates our program, like Thornton went and won Boone, then he went right around, got another car, went and won at Batesville. All he did was put his motor training in it, and then he drove Batesville and he won. You know, but he said. If I had your cars, even though I've won in others, he said I'd have won a lot more. You yeah. know, and I think it's the support, the, the technical side of things. So, and he's one of the best to hear him say that. Yeah, and, and that's what there's guys that that you know um, probably may, I, I would hope to think never would have won a race, and we've been able to help him win a race. Um, there's a there's a gentleman that's Larry Mott. He's like I think he's in his late sixties, and he won down at Florida. And I mean, just won his first skater at yeah. sixty some years old, awesome. you know. And it was so, just for him; it was incredible. 
Yeah. yeah. So we just, you know, there's a lot of things we try to do, but I feel when you look at uh, brands, you know, there's only like one Barry Wright in dirt racing. There's one Mark Richards or there's, there's just one Robert Hamke. So, I mean, that's where um, we just got to keep working, but I'm able to surround myself with very smart people. And that's what helps our whole program. It's not just myself. There's, we really try to be a sponge and use everybody around us to, to get better. I know this may be too early to, to really ask you that, but you mentioned Robert Hamke and Barry Wright and all those guys are legends. And in fact, you know, Robert Hamke passed away last year. We lost him. We could spend hours talking oh, about yeah. Robert Hamke stories, but I guess what I wanted to ask you there on that thought was, uh, how do you really see your legacy, you know, as you know, to be remembered? And I know that's a, <laughs> that's a long, that's a long thought, I don't, uh, but I mean, you're, you're one of those guys yeah. now too, you know, building the race cars and you know, you're David Strickland. Well, what's funny is, is these guys, as we were going to Bristol on dirt and Mark Richards was one of them, we were talking yeah. and, and I had to remind him that I've won the Winchester 400 and won an ASA race at Salem. And, you know, we've, I even forget. I look back and I'm like, oh man, well, I did do that. You that know? was like a lifetime ago, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's always like I remember the stuff that's not like we were at Bristol and I'm like, man, we were running so good here in a cup race. We should have run like fifth and the radio went out. We didn't pit at the end and it was just, it was a mess. But I don't know. I don't really, I don't look at a legacy and I don't think any of them guys did either. I don't think they do. You know, they but... just, they look at uh, winning races and, and trying to run up front and, and just staying on that edge. When I get to where I'm not competitive and and I'm burned out, I'll just be done. You know, yeah. and that's where I was at on the asphalt side. I still I still help guys and enjoy it, but um and 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 I got some calls to go to do the Bristol dirt race or do a truck race here and I'm like, I don't care. I'm not I'm not in it, you know. Now we did get to go do the SRX test. Um that was really cool. Uh Ray asked um myself and Kenny Schrader to go do the testing. So we're kind of like the Dave Marcus, Jim Sauter, where we'll get the cars all ready. And then the, the 14 drivers will come in and they go race. So, um, that's really cool to get to do. And just, uh, for a guy like Ray to ask you, I was like, that was, it was really neat. That's neat. So how was that? So since you brought that up, how was that car? I know you guys tested it at Cherokee. So for a lot of people who don't know that the SRX will be on CBS right. and, they start, they're going to grassroots track, so they're going to go to Stafford, um, then Knoxville, Eldora, Slinger. Slinger, IRP, and then Nashville at the fairground. So um, they're going to have, I think, 14 drivers, maybe 16, and it's going to be kind of like IROC, but a lot of personalities. There's Tony Stewart, Tony Kanan, um Elio Castro Neves to Very Willie T. Ribs. Yeah. Then there's a guy like Doug Colby that runs the tour, the tour stuff. Cody anyways, Swanson's even in there. Cody now, Swanson. Yeah. There's a lot of guys. Guy at Winslinger National is going to be in it. So it's really cool what they're doing. And that car on dirt, I'll be honest, I was like dreading it. I'm like, this is not going to be good. And it was awesome. Like by the third, fourth run, I wish there was other cars out there. And I think that's what – it's just a race car. You know, most people go, oh, well, you got to have this and – um, I think what Ray and Tony and, and, and his group are doing there, uh, they're just on the edge of what's what's happening. I, I mean, it's a lot of potential there, um, especially the, what makes it is the personalities. It's, I think yeah. you have to tune in because nothing against what's going on now on TV, but it's just not the same personality wise. You get so. And the cars will be so equal. Yeah, so the cars will be, be equal. Yeah. So it'll be where, I mean. It's 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 just it's going to be cool from what I was ex explained out, and I'm looking forward to being part of it, and just watching it is going to be fun. Seven weeks of fun. I yeah. saw a little quick video clip of you driving that car, and it looked like it was uh, it was pretty neat. Uh, you know, it, it was it, it was looked like it was getting around there pretty good. It did. It, it it was very surprising, and again, I think Ray and the people that's involved, it's going to be cool. So we have that going on. We'll get running our dirt car some more and get this move done, and and. Uh, plate won't be so full and we'll get to go have fun well david we'll take another quick break and on the other side of the break i want to talk to you a little bit more about you know dirt lake model racing because i know you go to a lot of races <laughs> as, a, as a fan a lot like i do so i just want to get your thoughts on some uh, on some things just basically just have a conversation with you so we'll be right back on the forward bike podcast Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast. We're still here with David and Ashley Strimmy. And David, before the break there, I mentioned I wanted to get your thoughts on some late model stuff. But, uh, yeah, I don't really know. Just uh, what do you think about the state of dirt late model racing today? Uh, the prize money, the, uh, the the cars, just all of it. We're just so, having a big conversation here. So um, 
like I said earlier about the pay on the mods, and it'll reflect going towards the late models. Modifieds are not a make a living out of racing type of car to me uh, when you go race. It should be, hey, you have a job. If you want to go travel a little bit, you can travel with it. You don't need three, four crew guys. You can have, like, it's just, when we go to a track, it's just me and my wife and my buddy Kevin. That's it. And our dogs. Um, you know, you don't need just a tire guy and everything else. So that's why... I'm against like this weekend they got ten thousand winning in um, up in Ohio, you know, and I'm like, we don't need so many ten thousand. Now late models, how I look at that is it's a lot like when I was asphalt racing, they had a Pro Cup series or the Hooters or I mean uh, uh, all pro series and then there was ASA where you actually had people you could go race for a living and you had car owners you could drive for and you could you can make some money and, and do well. And I feel like when you look at Lucas Oil Late Models and World Outlaws and, and you got Ray Cook's deal and, and um, now you got the uh, Castrol um, uh, little series they're doing. So there's all these little series. And a late model guy like Overton did last year, he made good money traveling around and still be serious. Yeah, and we didn't seen, even have to go that far from the house a lot of times. Yeah, and you've seen Davenport touch on it, you know. And, and what you look at, heck, Davenport made seventy grand at two races. I mean, that's pretty good money, you know. It is. But um, I feel like those guys, they're not hitting. A lot of them don't run it like a professional team. It's, they still try to run it like, oh, well, we're just our buddies and we're going to go race here. And let's, there's no planning. There's no, like, you look at some of them boys, like Davenport, uh, Richards. I mean, I go down a list of guys. They, they're on their game and they're tough. And you see that where... Um, other ones probably don't plan as well, but what I also feel the late models, like with, with digital media now and all this stuff, it's, it's a great platform for sponsors to come in and you can, you could be sitting at a restaurant and shoot out a feed to somebody and let them watch on their phone or anything else at very reasonable price or take them to facilities. Some of the facilities are very nice uh, and do some B2B, but then yet the teams don't. I feel like some of them, they need to step up. They're not to that where, like, if you're going to entertain sponsors there, they just they don't know how, you know. But at what point and, does it get too corporate? Well, Because we don't want to lose the grassroots yeah. to what we love. There's a balance, and you're right. There is a balance. But I feel, too, the money that's being put up and, and the programs that are laid out there, there needs to be – it's just lacking a little more professionalism is what I'd say. But um, it's still – like she was saying, you don't want to lose the, hey, we're going to have beer afterwards and have a good <laughs> yeah, time yeah. And, and so on, you know, as we've seen probably a, a, a viral video of Bloomer this weekend, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of, of his, Talking about professional. Yeah. I, I think that. It's a little unprofessional. It would, anyway. it would have been fine if he didn't have his fire suit on, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I just I just see it's that. Good dry commercial. Yeah. I just think that there's a, <laughs> you know, when you look at the fans and the following and I tell people, it's like. NASCAR in the 90, 2000 era of, I mean, t-shirt sales and just, it's just phenomenal what you watch and um, it, it, it's very entertaining. I mean, there's some great drivers and I think when you, when you look around, uh, even like your buddy, Chris Ferguson, he could easily, he, he's got his stuff together when you look at how he's talking, represents himself. He could, a little sponsor, man, he could be out tour racing and doing some stuff and, but um it's it's just very. I think you have them guys that are local grassroots, and then you have your guys that are professional. That's all they're doing, and a grassroots guy can win still. You know, I think and that's I, I what's like cool that. about it. I think yeah. it's at a. I think it's at a pretty good plateau right now, if you will. I mean, I, I always said the last time they ran at Bristol in two thousand and two thousand one, I thought that was the height of the sport. Yeah, have a Tampa yeah. went there in the world of outlaws, and uh, and now and it's kind of kind of stayed here but now yeah. i think it's i think it's bigger than ever right now i really well, do and you see areas that they can like i look at pennsylvania area and late mile racing is really you know uh becoming a lot more popular i look at port royal and you'll see a saturday and and um right Ziggler and, and every and, saturday there yeah you know. well there's Ziggler. yeah but jeff Ziggler. ryan won yeah, i mean there's some locals yoder. that are yeah got- dylan yoder there's a lot of them that are tough so um, Gary Stuller races up there a whole lot. Yeah. Then you go to Illinois, you got Fagers, you got There's heavy uh, hitters Piers, in all I these mean, regions. But I think that it's at a very crucial point, too, because if the sanctioned bodies and everybody, they got to keep that kind of them 
the big spenders in, in, in line a little bit to keep the grassroots guys coming. And that's one of the things that as we're building our cars and doing stuff, I look at, all right, a guy that has a nine to five job, we got to make it simple for him. We got to make it affordable and uh, try to look at probably the big picture of auto racing, because if we don't have people in the stands or cars there, none of us, I mean, what are you going to do? Go fishing? I'm not, you know, (laughs) I'm not one to go fish or golf. Yeah, I, I you know I'm in the parts business, and I see what these I see what a lot of these grassroots yep. guys uh, spend, and it's uh, it's sort of sad to me in a way that man, this is yeah. uh, it is sort of like a sickness or something in a way. It it's, is, uh, and that's that's something that so Ashley and I've talked, and I think um, she knows that if I'm done racing or building or whatever I'm gonna do, I'd like to be in on a on a management side of of some kind of series or something because I again I I love traveling around. You see a lot of stuff. I feel. We both of us have a lot of wisdom at what we've been able to see and be around, but um, I, and and actually, what a couple of years ago, race director was up at World Outlaws, and I'm like, man, I'd I I was really, I'd like to do it just because, um, I think there's a lot of things that could be real simple, that could be brought to place. But Casey and them are doing a great job, and same with you know you've seen francis go over to lucas oil so late models are very healthy that's interesting to hear you say that yeah that you know steve francis he's went over there and done an excellent yeah. job i've thought and so has casey schumann on the world of outlaw side and their roles yep. i mean it's i think bring a lot of professionalism to the to what they're yeah. doing and and you look at they're racers too, yeah which yeah. right it's not just a guy who's sat yeah. behind it's not desk. like they just hired me because nobody yeah. knows me but they know francis <laughs> yeah they, they respect those guys exactly. yeah they went and got some guys yeah. and legitimately and and what i like is is you have two rivals really they 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 work together a little bit but you need you don't need one person like to me the outlaws and sprint cars just rule but the all-stars have done a very good job they are easily getting up there and you look at and i'll use port again as an example of and I, i i don't you know i'm not bringing port up just because we're moving there but they have done a phenomenal job with the weikert paying with all stars they got the uh Tuscarora 50. Tuscarora like 53,000 to win this year. Yeah, I mean it's like why would I go to Dodge City for right. a World Outlaw race when I can go to Port Royal for 50, you know? Yeah. So I mean the All-Stars and I look at I, I don't get it in um uh, Richard uh uh with Marshall. Marshall. Him and I talk about it all the time I'm like I don't get them guys going to Oregon with the World Outlaws. Like maybe California once that's it, but they're it's just that running around is I think overrated. Speaking of the World of Outlaws, you know, they got to go down south this year to some tracks they've never even been to before, down yeah. in Mississippi and Alabama and different places. And those people down there loved it. They showed up in yeah. droves to come see the World of Outlaws stars because they didn't get to go to California because yeah. of the pandemic. And well, I, think I thought too, that was neat to get to go to different parts. I'll, well, I'll, and it, it shows how much the sport's in demand yeah. because obviously I have an in with what I do with Dirt Vision and, and what they're doing there. And, you know, they said at the end of last year, they had 20 tracks that had reached out to them that would have been new tracks for this year. And they, they're they like, how do we fit it into a 96 race schedule already? Already, yeah. And so there is a lot of desire to have the, the sprint cars come to their area. See, I, I look at, like, they were going to go to Dixie and some other places. So that's great because they haven't been in that area. But when they go to... Unfortunately, those got rained out. I was kind of looking yeah. at that. I was wanting to see what what happened with yeah. that. But when they go to a and and she'll have to help me like a a place they've been to all the time, like a like Dodge City. There was hardly anything anybody there, anything. I'm like, man, they need to go to a place in Alabama or or, or somewhere different um, where the fans, you know, will pack it in. Supply and demand, you know, we see it where they don't get there that much. And and when you look at uh, some of these races i think and they're doing 90 plus shows and like she said yeah they want to go somewhere new you need somewhere new because then they can see a brad sweet or donnie shots instead of going to maybe they ain't got time to go somewhere else yeah um i think that's where all stars have again i liked all star schedule and what they're doing I, I i don't i don't know if they really want to rival a world outlaws you know it's kind of interesting watching that but it's just a different kind of deal where if you don't want to go to California, all that run all stars. Yeah, I don't you know, know if they can rival it. They're just two different things. Yeah, but the Lucas Oil and World of Outlaws—that's a little closer to being a rival. Yeah. I mean, they're uh, 
there at the top, but I also feel like we need both of those. We need we do. two of those series at the top because there's there's only so much yeah. bread to go around. And you've got really strong cars on both of those touring series at the top. And then, like, you look at the schedule for this weekend, and there's, like, at least 12 or 15, 3,000 to win and up yeah. races and late models, regional and everything. So I feel like the sport as a whole right now is healthy. I mean, it's it's. I'll tell you what I like about what you're saying about, like, this weekend late models. Yeah. They can go anywhere in the country and right. race their late model and change tires or something. Sprint car, same way. They can go race their sprint car. Our modifieds, they can't do it. That pisses me off more than anything. I agree with they that. They all need to open their eyes up and just make it a little easier. So if a guy wants to go from Minnesota down to Illinois and race, yeah, so you got to change tires or something little. But they, it wouldn't take much effort for all of them to get together and get a little closer. And you'd have you like know. thousands of modifieds the other all thing, throughout the country that could yeah. race. The other thing is, and one rule package. Um, when these when these larger series are going to some of these tracks, and I'll just say some of these tolls, they need to say <laughs> no. I'm not coming until you fix the lighting or the fencing or the guardrail or something. You know, I look I at like Cherokee down there. You've gone there quite a bit. They've cleaned that place up and they've done a lot. They keep working at it. You know, and they deserve the World Outlaw Late Models going there. You know, some of these places, I don't agree with. I mean, it's it's like, hey, put like. Pick a little trash up here and throw another light up and and help out a little bit, you know, um, instead of just trying to put all money in their pocket. So yeah, Scott and Tony down there at Cherokee Speedway really have done a good job to improve that place and do some upgrades. Like, in fact, they were going to re- pay forty thousand to win a couple of weeks ago for the World yeah. Outlaws. Fortunately, got rained out, pushed back to September. But uh, and you see, guys, it's, so it's, uh, Circle City Raceway guys here at yeah, Speedsport yeah. are doing some televising every week there at a speed drum. I mean. That, that, you look at what they're doing at that facility up there. I mean, there's some places they keep working and well, and doing stuff. Look at what's coming back too. You've got I seventy. You've got oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, West incredible. Virginia. You've got um, Bloomsburg in Pennsylvania. Yeah, there there's tracks that are coming back to life, and it's incredible to see that because for so long all we've heard is oh there goes another lost speedway. Yeah. There, you know, so it's cool to see that these tracks are coming back after all these years. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I was looking at uh, I brought that up on a show a couple of weeks ago. It just seems like uh, you know, you see a lot of these tracks go away, but at the same time, there's nice tracks being built. Like world, like I talked to Stormy Scott about it last week. That track out there at Vado, New Mexico, yeah, yeah. that's a world class facility. It is. And fortunately, they had to lose Arizona Speedway out there. No, it's not going away no. yet. They got the rest of the year now. Well, the rest of the year, but I mean, eventually it's going to go away, <laughs> no, I think. Um, no, or Arizona Land Management, whatever their title is out there, is going to actually work with the guys at the racetrack to find another place to put the facility. That's news to me. Well, that's yeah. awesome to hear. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, I was just saying, and you know, like we lost Metrolina Speedway here in Charlotte, but at the same time, about the time it went away, they built Charlotte Dirt Track, which is the nicest, yeah. one of the nicest facilities in the country. So, there's definitely a balance, though. Yeah. When you look at, I'll use Charlotte example for this area, you need to, there's, there's, there's a balance of how many tracks are within a certain radius, you know? I mean, that's like, I see up in Pennsylvania, a lot of the sprint cars. Yeah, but a lot of them, they work together. You know, Williams Grove and Port and Seals Grove, they'll work together a little bit. But I mean, She's shaking her hand. Yeah, I mean, they work together a little, but not like here. You go, well, Gaffney's running nine, and then they got East Lincoln, and then they, and you got Friendship, and they're all trying to There's run like a mod 15 special. tracks in the yeah. Carolinas on the same night. The problem with the Carolinas is, and I think we'll all agree with this, they run 20 divisions. We'll just say realistic. Four in the morning. They'll run seven divisions till. <laughs> Two or three in the morning, and it's just ridiculous. At least I know I go to Midwest. There's three shows, and I can be done early. Yeah, you know, and if you're not you're not picking as much dust out of your. I get tired of watching like, well, here's a uh, there's like five street stock divisions. And they'll run here. two heat races for five street. Yeah, stock. Like if they show yeah. up in a class, they'll run. I, that, that's what aggravates me is the time management on these uh, on these shows. I it mean, is at. That's a whole nother show. (laughs) Well, David, this has been a lot of fun, man. We'll have to get you back on here sometime. I I really appreciate you. You know, I I got you, uh, or I told you I wanted to get you on here, and and you brought Ashley, and that was a great bonus. I'm glad you got to come too, Ashley. She's my... She's my rock. And, and sometime we'll just we'll have you on here just to you know get you on get your thoughts on everything too. So, uh, yeah, good luck with everything right. you got going on. Uh, you know, with your move and stay in touch with us and Ashley, everything you got going on the broadcasting side and uh, keeping you. him straight. And uh, yeah, man. Huh. 
All right. Well, thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. I want to thank David and Ashley Strimmy for coming on the podcast tonight. That was really, uh, really neat. I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation that we had. Um, yeah, this weekend. So we went to Bristol. I just wanted to kind of briefly touch on that, man. I want to really thank uh, the World of Outlaws and uh, Bristol Motor Speedway for being so professional and uh, treating the working media. We had a heck of a nice place there to work and uh, and speaking of that man I got to get on the back of the pace truck yesterday Chris Ferguson was driving and I can't thank him enough for allowing me to get on the back of that pace truck and shoot the four wide salute I took a pretty cool picture I think it's going to be uh, I'm not tooting my own horn by any means but I think it's going to be one of those pictures that'll be uh, I, I don't know maybe famous one day or something but uh, yeah it was it was a neat opportunity it was one of the neatest days of, uh, of my life to get to do that and uh, you can go check that, pay, that picture out on the forward bike social media channels i've shared it to all of them so we're on instagram facebook and twitter and uh yeah it was a great weekend at bristol david Strummy picked up the win there on friday another show of forward bike podcast is in the books for this week i'm your host kyle armstrong we'll see you next week